All right. Welcome to the Bluminati podcast live from the patio in beautiful South Tampa. And hey, there's like a lot of you here and it didn't sound like it. We're on a speaker. Can everybody cheer that they're here? Welcome to the Bluminati podcast. All right. Colin, tonight we are joined by a very, very special guest. You've known him for 20, 20 years. Almost, special, yeah. special guest. Special guest. <laughs> I Very need a special. better introduction than that, Nathan. Seriously, right? I'm All right. coming back. <laughs> Don't screw we this up. We have the head coach of your USF Bulls women's basketball team, Woo! Jose Fernandez. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> Jose, you've been to six NCAA tournaments, nine WNIT tournaments. You won it once. You got a resume as long as... Uh, probably Collins Tooth, and you're the one of the best coaches in USF history, turns out. Congratulations. So our, our first question is, what's your favorite entree at Council Oak? Favorite entree? I, I'd have to go uh, with the New York, the New York Strip. New York Strip aged Council Oak. We have, we, we uh, shout out to the Hard Rock and Council Oak. I, I have a knife there. My wife loves the restaurant. So Little little promo for the Hard Rock and Council Oak, and Pickle is here, so you know we're we're getting yeah, shout-outs here. Well, the number one fan, right in Tampa Bay for USF. That is correct. The USF Bulls is here in the house. Yes, well, Pickle fan of the year is here. Um, so, are we going to actually talk basketball for like five minutes, or do we want to talk about everything else? And then, uh, what are we doing here? Up to you. I All mean, right, I've so got a lot of basketball questions, but oh, you can yeah, go ahead and car. tell war stories. Basketball questions. So. Let's start with this. Your schedule this year, like you always schedule tough. You've been known for scheduling tough since you got here. And then I looked at the schedule this year and I saw like three teams for the final four last year, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, this is probably the toughest out of conference schedule in USF history in any sport. Like it's kind of insane. Why this year? Why now? Well, I think Colin, where our program's at, and I know last year was a little different for us because. It's definitely not the season we expected, but um, I couldn't have been prouder with the adversity that we went through last season to still win 19 games and get to the conference semifinal with uh, with the amount of people that we lost. If you look at you look at who we lined up at the end of the year, not not one kid that started our first game at Ohio State was on the floor to, at Mohegan Sun at, at the tip. So. We scheduled that way last year. We knew what we had and, and the team coming back and who we signed. I think as a coach, if you don't prepare your, your players, and, and, and we do a great job recruiting them and telling them that they're going to play against the best and we're going to develop them, if we don't give them these type of opportunities to b- play against the best programs in the country, I don't, you know, I don't think we're doing our part. And there's one thing that us as head coaches can do and every staff can do you control who you play in November and December. So for 14 games, you know we're going to play in two really good competitive tournaments and, and have probably three or four home and aways. And, and then, of course, you got your bye games at home to, to, get a, to get your team some experience and some guys to get them ready for, for league play. But uh, it just turned out that way. Uh, the, both the tournaments that we played, are, uh, the, the fields are really good, and uh, we're very fortunate to start two home and homes at Texas and Baylor. So, you've got two tournaments this year. One is in Aruba, unfortunately. No, not Aruba. Or, um, Cancun. 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 So, the one in Cancun, unfortunately, is during Black Friday, which is going to make it tough. It's Thanksgiving. It's great for you guys because you're playing a monster tournament. You're playing a monster field. The other one is in Las Vegas, Nevada, where you play Mississippi State. You also happen to schedule them on my birthday. And, Coach, we've known each other a long time. Um, for you to schedule Mississippi State, a Final Four per team for the last three of the last four years, I believe, right? We did that on purpose, Colin, I, I especially know, Vegas, I, too. <laughs> and I can't, I can't thank you enough for doing that as a birthday present to me. It's really one of the nicest things you've ever done. And um, just going out of your way like that, I, I can't thank you enough. Um, what's that tournament going to be like? Because you're playing a monster. And, and if anybody who happened to want to make the trip, what can they expect in Las Vegas with USF Women's Basketball? Well, we know Black Friday King... Uh, the last couple of years, right. we were at Gulf Coast Showcase in Naples when we we played Notre Dame, Washington State, and St. John's. And then last year, 
we had North Carolina, Kentucky, and UCLA in the Virgin Islands. So Cancun, we're going to be tested. Three NCAA tournament teams. But Vegas, you know, uh, again, we're giving our, our team and our staff opportunities to prepare and compete. Uh, so when it comes down to March, we've done our part, and hopefully the committee seeds us the right way and it doesn't become a regional uh, tournament uh, like it's turned out to be the direction that women's basketball has gone in the last three or four years. And, but we, and we, softball we, and we, volleyball. Yeah, yeah. It's but, not just you guys. Everybody's getting screwed and it's ridiculous. Well, it, it's just different. And, and I, I think if, 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 it's all, if it's about the student athletes, seed the tournament the right way. The men's basketball NCAA tournament is seeded the right way. So why, why should women's basketball go through what it's going through now? And then also, like baseball, volleyball, and softball, you know, kids work hard all year round. And then for one reason or another, they're sent to somewhere because it's, it's cheaper to stay there or it's only 75 miles away. Coach, it, the problem is, is that the NCAA just doesn't have enough money. So they can't really afford really? to travel these teams. No, there's just not <laughs> enough. There's just not enough dollars in college athletics. So they don't really have the budget to seed teams correctly and send them where they're supposed to go. Because again, I don't know how they scrape by on a, a billion two just on the the March Madness for the men. I don't know how they can afford to do all of this. It's amazing they do as much as they do. You should be lucky you get to play a postseason, coach. They're saying you know what? Really. I, I feel sorry for uh, sorry for him now, Colin, bringing that up. <laughs> Holy cow! Wow. We might have to start a fundraiser for the NCAA. <laughs> uh, coach, uh, since you were hired in 2000 to 2019, what's been the biggest difference between when you took over that program? I know the, the program was going through some turmoil when you got there to now. What what have you seen uh, through women's basketball, college basketball in, as a whole? Well, Colin graduated from USF. It took him like nine or ten years. <laughs> so true. that's a positive. So I guess I've seen that. Uh, no, you know what? Taking that back. No, that's actually true. Yeah, it is true, Colin. But uh, Colin attended our first postseason bid. I did. Right? We was, went to Richmond, our first WNIT bid. Right. And there was a charge call. Four. Five. Five? Yeah, it was five. Okay. And Jessica Dixon drove the lane. You're down two. JD gets there. They make the worst block charge call. Like even by NCAA women's basketball standards, they drive the lane. It's a bad block charge. We have to foul. They make the free throws and we play USC. Who was like, Oh, that was the NCAA. You went to the NIT one too. Our first original bid. Oh, remember golly. that one? Mark oh, Ostrom. Mark, was a I know Mark went. I don't know if I went. I know Mark went. Huh? I'm not sure if I went to that one. I definitely oh, went okay. to old dominion because right. the day session, that's when Candace Parker first dunk in the NCAA tournament. You're right. Yeah, I remember that one. So, but yeah, we we've been around a long time. So, yeah. but you have to understand, like, people who go to women's games now and see your team now and see like fifteen hundred, two thousand people in the stands, like your average conference game. Uh, I would go to games, and there would be literally more people on the court than there would be watching the game in the stands, and that has changed so much. And that's. That's why what you've done is so impressive. You took over a program where literally it was me and friends and family at the games. And now it's become like a tough ticket. Your floor seats are sold out. There's a waiting list. I can't get floor seats. <laughs> I've tried. Like that's where we're at. And that's incredible. You, know, you look back. I had an incredible opportunity. Paul Griffin gave me a, a shot to lead this program at, at a young age and um, he, he saw something in me and had a, a great deal of confidence and made me the interim basketball coach that first year I got the job. And I think a week and a half later, I'm sitting on half court with, uh, Mary Carrillo and we're on HBO real sports with Brian Gumble. So <laughs> nothing prepares you for that. <laughs> your uh, best player, your first year was suing the school. <laughs> She didn't play, but then I coached her the next year. The she next was, year, yeah, yeah. She was awesome. And She's I still, still good. Talk, I still talk to Dion. She she texted me for my birthday for Father's Day. We went from four wins to 14. We took a step back year three. But then year four, we went to the NIT. And then year five, NIT again, then NCAA tournament, year six. So um, 
very I had a I, we talk about it now. You, you look we're we're second in attendance in the league and top 35, 40 in attendance in the country out of 360 Division One teams in a town that has professional football, baseball, hockey, right? Yes. Uh, and those are not, by the way, some there have been some things with USF basketball attendance where like some previous administrations, and I'm going to say this because you can't, and we can take this out later. No, I can. I can. Uh, what we, we fictitiously uh, pull numbers out of the sky. We don't, <laughs> you know, we don't do that anymore. Where it, we it, deflate the women's numbers right, so the right, men's right. numbers look better. Yeah, yeah, and no. we have done that as a school before. Right. And you know what? It, it's great to see. It's great to see now. And, and Michael Kelly and his vision and his leadership and brought in Meredith Zerba that's just outstanding. Again, it has to do also with Brian Gregory and the job that he's done, you know, because uh, people came out and supported his group. Uh, they're going to be really talented. He's got everybody back. So now you're starting. Here's a, here's the deal. What, like you said, we've been to five, six, five NCAA tournaments last six years. There's a reason now we got 3,000 people coming to women's games and all the courtside seats are sold because we play a good schedule. And when you win, it solves a lot of problems. But also, I think our kids have been engaged in the community, in the Tampa Bay area. I think we play an exciting style. And I think now it, it helped the men's side. Now the men are winning and it's going to help both programs out. Best ticket in town in Tampa this year is going to be a so. suite. I think it's going to be great. The, at, you're going to be able to buy those suites that they've got on the second level. And you can buy them for the season for with the men's win program and the women's program. And I think a lot of them are all-inclusive with, like, food and drinks. That's the best ticket in Tampa right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're getting 30 games between both teams, two exciting teams, and great schedules. It's going to be awesome. I mean, I, you can take the, the wife and daughter to, uh, like I did a couple times, to – uh, a game, man. By the it, way, you outkick your coverage, man. I, I've seen <laughs> pictures on your social media. Pot calling the kettle black there, coach. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I'm a good recruiter, Nathan. <laughs> oh, we. I mean, if you want to get into recruiting, I mean, coach, you got six new people coming. You got one of the top shooting guards in the nation coming on, Maria Alvarez from, uh, what, Country Day down in Miami. I mean, that's been the lifeblood. I mean, it's the lifeblood of any program, but you especially, you have taken the route of, all right, we're not going to get these kids in America with the blue bloods of UConn, Baylor, Tennessee. We're going to go international, and you've done a fantastic job at that. When did you realize, all right, this isn't going to work. We've got to change something up and go international and try to compete that way. The Big East Conference was, I, I think, on both the men's and the women's side, the best basketball league in the country, hands down, on both sides. So the Big East, we would all still be together if some presidents in that league made some better decisions, presidents in the Northeast, and got greedy and wanted too much money, and that's why it split. So the Big East private schools went, went on their own, and then you had the leftovers was Rutgers, Louisville, Connecticut, us in Cincinnati. Well, you know what Louisville did and you know what Rutgers did. So now you got Connecticut, Cincinnati, and us as the leftovers from the old Big East. It started then because of the American Conference and where we're at now. And I think you can see a little bit of recruiting for Geno's changed a little bit. He's gone international now. He signed Copy a kid from, from, from Poland, he's and he's got it. a kid coming in in 2020 from Croatia. Hey, uh, for us, when we're in that conference, we can recruit against everybody. You had nine, nine of the 16, eight or nine of the teams, and 16 teams went to the NCAA tournament, another four or five went to the NIT. It's a lot different now in the league we're in. Um, and, and a lot of people we recruit against – use our league against us. But again, if you're in the middle of the pack of the ACC or the bottom half of the ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, you're not very good. But it's the name and the travel coaches and the AU coaches and the parents and the kids get enthralled about the league. You know, because the middle of the pack in those leagues and the bottom half, like I said, they're not good. Number one, they don't want to play us and they don't go to the NCAA tournament. But 
you have a lot of big time kids that are going to those schools and they'll never play in an NCAA tournament. So instead of us spinning our wheels, yeah, we can we can recruit and and have 13, 14 kids from America that are low to mid-major players and we're not going to the NCAA tournament because those are the kids we would get. But if we can go overseas and get get the best kid from Spain, Croatia, Italy, from wherever, that would be like a top 100 kid here. So that's the approach we've we've taken. You you were ahead of the curve on going to get the European kids. Are you starting to see some competition because of your success or you seeing more coaches when you end up in the Marriott in Barcelona and the Marriott in Madrid and, and the Marriott in Split and the Marriott and all these other Yeah, places? I think you know, I think now it's it's cosmetics and it's it's a fashion now to recruit international and some coaches and like to go overseas and take vacations rather than work. So we've seen a lot more of that. Really? So when you're over there, you're I mean, we make jokes about, oh, look, Jose's in Spain again. Hooray. But like you're over there. It's a grind when you're over there. Is it, you know, yeah, it's a grind. It you're watching games. You're watching quality games, too. Like I'm not sitting and sitting and watching a 90 to 10 blowout in Louisville, Kentucky on court. 194 you know <laughs> and paying so, 500 for the privilege in a 500. booklet 500 <laughs> the, the packets are up to 800 now Colin. that's insane packets are 800 bucks so we added a may evaluation period we had an april we had a may and that shouldn't be called the may evaluation period it should have been called the may donation period because that's what we did so $800 a packet and each additional coach is 200 bucks you pay ten dollars for parking and uh, yeah, the hotels are like 220 bucks. I can fly to Europe and back twice and save money going to an event uh, that we did in May. That's absolutely insane. Um, these kids that you're getting now, we and this is something that Nate and I have talked about previously. Um, there were some restrictions on international kids in terms of TOEFL score and ability to get them into the university. They were eligible for any other university in the state of Florida but we couldn't get them into USF. They were eligible at basically every other school in the P5, but we couldn't get them into USF because of some unusual academic standards. Right. It's not like you don't have a thousand APR more than you don't. So how, how has the change in administration helped you in that area? Well, one of the things that's very important with any recruit domestic or internationally, they're treated the same way. GPA, GPA, test score, SAT, ACT, clearinghouse to become a qualifier. There's domestic kids that couldn't pass the TOEFL. Do you understand that? Right. Okay. Because my thing is, if a kid's an NCAA qualifier, domestic or internationally, they should be admitted. So... One thing I think Michael Kelly did really well, he tackled this issue and there's been more communication with with uh, with admissions. And we found other areas and other tests for our kids to take that we wouldn't have that. You don't have to just rely on the TOEF. So I think the direction that we're getting and where we're at now, it's the best it's ever been, Colin. So I'm really, really excited about that. As you know. You know, our student athletes, our our team has won the academic award the last two years in our conference. That's pretty good for half my team that English is their second language. You, you know what I mean? I, I This is the thing. Tell me that when kids are coming out and you have a track record now and you've recruited enough kids internationally. And I don't know any of the specific situations with any kid you ever had. I don't think we've ever talked about that. But tell me that Laya Flores doesn't deserve to come to college in the United States. Tell me that Maria Jesperson doesn't curve to come to college in the United States. These are kids that are high quality kids that will work their butt off and that all got their degree. And the fact that the university was limiting them and now isn't is just a sign of the progress that we're making you know, you and I talked briefly after we knew Mike Kelly got hired. Yeah. We knew we hired a guy who's going to change this program fundamentally and make things better. And these are the ways that things are getting done on the ground. And it's not just your program. It's across all programs. But I think it helps you as much as anyone. Without a doubt. Maria Jesperson was engineering student of the year. Yeah, exactly. Tell me and that tell me that kid doesn't deserve to come to college that in the kid, United States. OK, that kid that kid was a 
If you look back, she's graduated now, so I can talk about it. <laughs> that kid, she was, I mean, she didn't score very high on the TOEFL. She did fine on the SAT and ACT, but she was a director's or a dean's admin. And then graduates with honors and is the engineering student of the year. So I think that test is one of the most biased tests that you can ever take. Yeah. And, and, and how many kids have you, we don't want to give a number, but let's just say you've lost a couple recruits over the years because of it. We have, we have. And, but, and that's but, not going to happen. But, I, going but, but to be honest with you, the, the, where we're at now, the direction we're get, we're headed and the support that we have and the communication, uh, with Michael's administration and, uh, and now better relationships with, with, uh, with admissions and undergraduate studies. We do our part and we prepare and we, we prepare our recruits and get our stuff in order and have ample time. We shouldn't have a problem getting, getting anybody in now. And, and that's great. And it's, uh, it's a relief, relief to us. I mean, you got, you got some good news at the end of December, uh, this season, uh, with Louise Shefty finally being able to join the roster. I mean, where are you guys without her when oh. literally half of your team, three-quarters of your team go down? She put in valuable minutes right she off did. the bat. She did. Uh, she did. That That's the kind of thing that we probably don't see in previous administrations that Michael Kelly has been able to fix. And, you know, she was she signed with everyone else, just couldn't get in until December because of things. Well, we got her in. We got her in, and then we, we moved past it. But uh, you know, I'm 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 really excited about about the future and where we're headed. We signed a good class, and things are going to be easier in that that sense, without a doubt. League goes to 16 games this year instead of 18. Is that an RPI? Like, let's help the RPI. No, we were at 16 of- last year. Were you at 16? Yeah. Last year? Okay. Yeah. The men are the men are staying at 18. I think we've done it the right way. The teams that we play twice are the teams where. You know, you're 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 playing the the teams that you're playing single are the ones that are not supposed to. You're only playing them one time so that they don't hurt you as much in RPI and strength of schedule. That's 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 a theory behind it. Are the women going to the NET number as well that the men have gone to in, for evaluation instead of the RPI? They're leaning more on this NET number. Are the women going to get to that? No, we're staying like we're staying the same. Apparently, uh, apparently, apparently we're. We're, we're still uh, trying to grasp all those numbers. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of math. A lot of math. Lot we can't math. figure it out on our well, side. I but mean, the NCAA has no money. How are they going to afford mathematicians to figure this out? We can't afford it on the women's side. We can't go to the net and all the other uh, all the other factors that I think would be more beneficial than, than uh, just looking at straight RPI number, home wins, road wins, neutral wins i think you know it's crucial top 25 top 50 top 100 quality of a road win there's so many analytics that the men have that we don't and i think uh you know if we want to advance the game we gotta we gotta think outside the box yeah there's a great idea about moving the sweet 16 to vegas and not having four regional places in the middle of nowhere that would be an unbelievable idea. It would grow women's basketball. Are you in? Uh, you think? Yeah. I think I might be able to just slide my way in. I And that's the thing. If they had done that, and I had heard that rumor going around, if they do that, I'm booking second weekend now. Without a doubt. Whether you go or not, I'm going. You know what I mean? And that's – and plus, like – I mean, we. I think we've both been in Vegas for the NCAA tournament before. Although maybe not because you're usually playing basketball. I've yeah, I'm usually kind of busy at yeah, that time. Well, no. I, I've been there for the NCAA. There's a buzz about the city. It makes it so much fun. I mean, it, it's such an easy game. And just put it right at T-Mobile. Well, T-Mobile right is awesome. I, it, we we played in T-Mobile a couple of years ago. I believe we're the second basketball event that happened in T-Mobile, and it's, it was a great experience. Danny up here went. You. Danny and I went and we, we went to the Orleans uh, a few years ago with the men. There's just nothing like basketball in Vegas. And that's why if you get a chance, like, you know, the Aruba turn uh, or the Aruba, Cancun. you keep thinking Can- about I, Aruba. I What's going on, year. Colin? A year or two ago. The Cancun tournament's tough because of the time of year I get that. But if you get a chance, travel or go to Mohegan Sun. The Mohegan, I mean, we've, you know, I missed last year, but I'd gone to, I think, the previous three. Um, get a chance to travel with this team. It is so much fun to see them on the road. They play in some great locales. And it's great basketball. So, coach, uh, you're a bit of a rabble rouser on the on the Twitter. 
I just I'm just gonna read you a tweet that you were you I've been on my best behavior, day. Nathan. Somebody that sometimes they put me on Twitter jail. But. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we call it Jose on the porch. And it's always fun. When today's on the patio, but today's on the patio. On the but Jose on the porch. We always just think, you know, you're in a rocking chair, drinking a nice Actually, cold glass of something. Tanya, Tanya, have you seen your husband with a drink in his hand and his phone in the other hand, sitting on his porch, tweeting things that you know might get him in a smidge of trouble? <laughs> have you seen this happen before? <laughs> she played the fifth, actually. <laughs> Uh, Coach, so this is what you said uh, June 6th at 7.40 p.m. Yeah. 7.40. That's, that that's good. Early. That's not even late night tweeting right there. <laughs> that's just good, wholesome fun. <laughs> Some coaches need to spend more time recruiting, coaching, developing, and interacting with players on their teams rather than spending time on social media. Maybe developing their players and not communicating with athletes and other programs will improve their success. Your thoughts. Outside of what you tweeted. Well, I think you can take that in a whole different ways, right? If you look at it as a coach that spends a lot of time on social media rather than coaching their team and tweets 34 times a day and your team's not successful, I think that's a problem, right? Absolutely. What if one of those coaches is scheduling those tweets in advance so they always pop up at exactly oh, the hour? Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine that? To <laughs> having time. So, in other words, what if right now Twitter goes off and there's a tweet by me and we're, we're having here? That's crazy. So, you got to go online, write like 10 tweets and schedule them all out. This that's, is, not, that's not Twitter. That's not fun. Or you're having a GA do it for you and just queuing all that stuff up, which there might be some people doing that as well. No. Allegedly. My, my tweets are my own, and they're live. <laughs> live uh, from the port. Coach, uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't bring it up. Right. Uh, so, you know, Kitty Aloxa tore ACL early in the season. Right. She rehabbed. She has the chance to either come back for a fifth year or – move on and she decides she's just going to move on but then word comes out she's in the transfer portal uh what what was that conversation like with her if you can go into that if you can't that's fine but what what were your thoughts on how the entire process played out for you the transfer portal that's like the new hot thing you know uh i think coaches around the country and I, I know there's a more transfers in football. I think some programs around the country are just hiring one person to track the transfer portal, right? And I think there, it's a slippery slope the way that we're headed to with how kids are being recruited off of teams through then they get into the transfer portal. It, you know, I, I didn't have a problem with Kit moving on and playing professionally. Uh, if that was the decision that she wanted to make, uh, I think once you once you enter the transfer portal, you're leaving your family. You know what I mean? So is there an opportunity for her to come back here if she decides to? No. You know, I, I, I just don't understand. Also, you see the transfer portal. Some student athletes leave, put their name in their portal and they're taken back. Well, how does the staff feel? How, how are their teammates feel about that? Mm hmm. So I'm going to let you, you're going to go under portal, test the waters, not get what you want, and then come back. Forget about that. So it's simple. I, you know what? Kit did great for here for three years. I wish her all the success, whether she goes pro or not. Uh, I know her legacy will definitely be a little different if she does decide to go to another, another institution. It was plain and simple. You know, uh, Kit, Kit wasn't ready to give me a decision, and... I needed a decision from her, and that's what happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you still have to prepare for the next season. I mean, you can't really be uh, held up waiting for uh, a yes or a no from someone, which right, totally right, get. Right. Um, you had a great interview with uh, Derek Sharp on Bulls Unlimited, and he said you have one scholarship left, and you're probably going to leave it open uh, for next year because you, you're only going to have one scholarship open after Tamara uh, graduates. Right. So... Oh, when 
after you make that decision with with Kit and she makes her decision, uh, how was the recruiting process after that? I know you're always it's recruiting. Fine. It's fine. I think we we went out and brought guys on, on campus that that I know are very very talented can come in right can come in and play right away, and that's what we did with this class. We've moved on. We've moved on, and and that's what you have to. Mm-hmm. So. Our kids have moved on. I've moved on. The staff's moved on. You know, it's that topic's behind us. You also lost somebody who all of us love, and Timmy Silver, who got another job yeah. somewhere else. Timmy uh, finally moved on. But can you two sentences on what Timmy meant to the program and why he was such an integral part? And it's so great to see him. And you also um, somebody else just left for DePaul too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, you know what, Timmy. If you talk about a guy that just paid his dues yeah. and invested, he was a man. He was a male scrimmage guy. He was a manager. And then when he graduated, he became my video guy. Uh, he came, he took a, he had to take half a year off. He came back, was on, did video for Murray. And then I hired Tim back as my video guy. There was no entitlement with Timmy. He, he, he worked for everything that he got, and it's great to see somebody work so hard, and he deserves that opportunity. A lot of kids right now, they graduated from, they've graduated from college, and they feel that they should come out and get a $50,000 job and have never worked, can't break down tape, doesn't, don't, doesn't know the NCAA rules, can't draw up an out-of-bounds play. You know, so to, to move up in this business, you've got to grind from either being a high school coach, junior college, division two, II, division three, or to, to go the route that Timmy did. And it's great to see him do that and get that opportunity. And yet, uh, Jackie also, uh, same with Jackie. I recruited Jackie. Jackie was our GA and then got a great opportunity <clears throat> to go to, back uh, home, go, to go back home and, uh, work for Doug Bruno on, on his staff at DePaul. Who's like a legend in this game, if you're not as familiar with women's basketball. Yeah, Doug's been coaching a long, long time. And uh, he's a legendary beer drinker, too. (laughs) Two at a time. Two at a time. You know, he calls one. You know, that second one, the tweener. Because he can have the tweener uh, between you getting your other drink. And he has another one coming. So, he's he's special. Hey. Coach, uh, I mean, you had a plethora of injuries. Uh, Sydney Harvey, you said she got she got like a knee scope or a, yeah, a knee surgery. Yeah. How's she doing? She's doing good. She's doing good. We we should have her back right before uh, practice starts. Uh, right now we have, you know, Anna's here. Anna, Sydney Harvey, Sylvia Surratt, Tamara Henshaw, and Shay Leverett. Right. You can win some games with that five. Yeah, it's That's pretty a good five. <laughs> And then we have Penzans playing with the U20 Italian team. Jordao's with the senior national Portuguese team. So she's healthy now and yeah. ready to go. And Luis Septi's with the senior national team of Latvia. So that's our eight. And then we're bringing in the other six. And the other six, you got the American and Maria uh, Alvarez from Country Day. What does she bring to the table uh, for you guys? Well, Nathan, she's half Colombian. So we got another foreigner. She's going to be playing, as a matter of fact, she's going to be playing the under-19 world championships in Thailand, and she got selected to play in the Pan Am Games, which is huge for Colombia. So she's going to have a busy summer as well. And you, you have the JUCO transfer, uh, Bethy Mungaba uh, from Belgium, right? Right. Well, her parents are from the Congo. Okay. So, uh, but they moved and, and, and she competes for Belgium. Right now she's with the playing in, uh, for Belgium in the three-on-three world championships. So she has a busy summer. And Mihaela Lazic will play under 20 with Croatia. Elena Saniki under 20 with Greece. And she's on the Greek senior national team. Christina Brabankova is with the under 20 Czech team. She's a shooter, right? Yeah. So... We want her to be a maker, not a shooter. There's a difference being a shot taker and a shot maker. So I think she's got good size. Uh, her best basketball's ahead of her, and she she can really shoot the basketball. And then you have uh, Christina Bermejo from from Spain. And so we're gonna do uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. And thanks so much for coming down here um, to Tampa's Best Bar. 
with uh, a few of us. So we're going to wrap it up with some rapid fire. Just oh, sort of like one it. answer, one one thing off the top here, the first thing that comes to your mind when I say, Got it. of all your frequent flyer accounts, the one that has the most miles and how many miles are in it right now? Well, my wife spends them all. That's the thing. <laughs> she does. Uh, uh, you know what? Marriott. Marriott. And I guess uh, American Airlines. American? American. Marriott. And, you know, sometimes some of the, some of the cities that we go to overseas use Hotels.com just because it's not. Yeah. You get some really good deals there. What's your favorite spot in Vegas that you need everybody to go to when you're out there for the tournament? We like the Aria Hotel. Okay. Good fan. But. I will I will share some of my favorite spots if once you make it out to Vegas. <laughs> so make sure you make the trip. Yeah. Um, when I say some names from your past, first of all, what is your favorite story from your first season as head coach, which was one of the most awkward, unusual situations in college basketball? Like you said, well, I remember. Mary Carrillo's there, and you're winning like I nobody had, you got no player. I had that job, and everybody knows the doc, right? Doc. Doc, remember oh, Doc, 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 Doc Goldberg, yeah. Doc, Doc wore, we were so bad, he wore a paper bag on his head with horns on it. I remember. You remember Doc? I remember Doc. He's, he's actually a real doctor. He and, is a real doctor. Yeah. He lives in Chicago and stuff, mm -hmm. and he followed us around. But, man, whew, those were some tough times. What? Um, who's your favorite player coaching as, uh, as a bull? What's that? Who's your favorite player that you've coached as a bull? Oh, I can't name a favorite. I've had too many. They've all had different personalities. And, you know, Jessica Dixon took a huge chance coming here. And then we got Shantia Grace. And the twins were awesome. Inga and the career she had. Uh, look at Courtney Williams. I'm just so proud of her on how she's grown and coming into to our own. And you got Alicia. I got. I've had so many. I can't tell you one favorite. Go vote but, Courtney for All-Star, by the way, if you haven't voted yes, for yet. Vote for yeah. Courtney Williams vote Courtney for, for the All-Star All game. For the N hey, she's WNBA All-Star. She's she's on the ballot. She's close. Uh, favorite cigar? Uh, Rocky Patel, Sun Grown. Sorry, Arturo. I'm going to say some names from your past. Tell me what you think. Allison Aubuchon. Oh, I heard Allison made it to the people's court. That she made it to the TV. That didn't surprise me. That didn't surprise me at all. Uh, I don't think I've ever told you this story. I'm going to tell it live on the air. Allison really enjoyed college. Boy, did she ever. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell that. I don't. We might have to take this out later, Vito. But uh, I'm going to tell my favorite Allison Aubuchon story, which I don't think I've ever told you. And I'm going to tell you live on the air. You kicked her off the team. I did. She lived in the village. She did. Oh, I know what you're going to say. She, <laughs> she drew. She drew a picture of a raft. And drew a stick figure of me and told me to sell my ass back to Cuba. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that was very nice of her. I, I, it was, it was a bit much. I thought so. I'm not gonna lie. When I saw the picture, I did laugh because it was funny. It was funny. I laughed. <laughs> but probably the best decision for all parties are for her to no longer be a part of your program. Yeah. What's been the best thing that's happened in the women's game since she started in it? Uh, going to quarters. Really? Under, and the under two timeout advanced the ball. Big fan? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think we can still do some more things for us. Uh, you know, I wish we would have moved the three-point line back like we did for the men. That's going to happen. I'd like it to go to 24, second, 24 and 8 like the international game. Just have the same rules all across the board. What's been the worst thing that happened in the women's game since you've been in it? The worst thing? Yeah. Transfer portal. Which I I got an assist over here, <laughs> but uh, and and I think the NCA committee, uh, you know how we how we seed teams, those are the two things that we need to improve on. What about the officiating? Because that's totally the number You're one not, thing. In you my know head. that's not going to change. So really, I did get tossed out for the first time ever in my career. I, I mean, but coach, coach, I'll be honest, you know, you nearly deserved it. And look, watch, watching watching the tape. Coach, for a split second, it looked like you were going to throw the ball at the ref, and you're like, I better not because it's going to be longer than this game if I do. Right or wrong? Right. <laughs> but, the, but by the way, what was the alma mater of the coach who threw you out? Yeah, she went to UCF. <laughs> <laughs> 
which I'm, I'm not quite sure how that happens. Um, but yeah. Anything else? I, I mean, anybody got who's got questions? Anybody, anybody have, have a question, question they want to ask? Here? No. Have you ever split your pants prior to this season? No, I've never split my pants. But Timmy, Timmy went to the rescue, got a, got a pair of pants out of my office, got them, and I was back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, looks like we got a question from the audience. There we go. Grab the mic. A uh, question for you. Recently, there's been a. A vote in baseball about adding another coach to the staff, right? How how do you feel about your coaching staff? Is there would you do you feel like it would be great to have another? Well, my thing with that, Howard, you have video. Most people have now. You got your three assistants and your head coaches, countable coaches. So, video director of basketball operations, player development, uh, director of community engagement, administrative assistance. You can have so you can name whatever support you said. But most of those jobs go to people that want to get in the coaching business, right? But those guys are can only rebound. They can't do any coaching. So how are we preparing these guys to get an opportunity to move up in the business if we're not allowing them an opportunity to get better in practice and individual workouts and film sessions. So I think we're doing we're doing a dis- disservice to grow the game by not letting young guys do more. What what's your favorite Geno story that you can tell on air? My favorite Geno story. Now you guys are uh, quite, you know what it involves shocking, it involves Gino red wine, cigars, there's too many to tell and uh he thinks I go over to Europe with a briefcase of NLIs. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, he's been a great friend. When I was building this program, I, I met him in L.A. in 2002, and uh, I asked him, hey, you want to play? And since then, we developed that friendship. and uh, I remember that first game. Yeah, he's been amazing. He's been a great mentor and a good friend, and he's been great for women's basketball. I remember that game because Tarasi uh, didn't play. Yeah, Tarasi didn't play, and it, it was what, it was what, 12-14, and then we returned the game. We lost in overtime. That remember return that? game, it's probably the mo- that was the last time. I, I still think it might be the last time that UConn went to OT in stores. Like yeah, it was, that game was in Gamble. Yeah. yeah. So. Who's the who's the best player you've coached against? Coached against is it Diana? Well, Maya Moore was pretty good. Yeah, and Stewie was really really good. But let me tell you right now, one of the what one of the games where Jessica Dixon had thirty nine and Cappy Pondexter had forty. That was an unbelievable game. But you lied. I mean, Jess had thirty seven. So the Cappy had 30, 40, 40, and we lost by three. Right. Right. <laughs> I remember that one. That was uh, that. It was like watching. There were two players on the court, and every every possession was a clear out. Yeah, for Sylvia the other Fowles was tremendous at LSU. I mean, we've uh, there's been some good ones, that's for sure. Good stuff. All right, Coach. Thanks for coming down here. We really enjoyed this. This was great. Come All out. right, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. All right, Head Coach Jose Fernandez on the Illuminati Podcast. Thanks a lot. Women's basketball head coach Jose Fernandez on the pod. It yes, was we fantastic. Did. We knew it was going to be hot. Jose's going to Jose. Look, he, that's my guy, and I am t- uh, no no doubt. When, there are two teams that I'm biased for. It's always going to be the volleyball team, and it's always going to be Jose. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. Those are my like, those are my friends, and I, Jose going to Jose. When Anthony? do we get Courtney on the pod? We got to get Courtney on before we go back. So we're going to do this again in two weeks. Um, two weeks from tonight, we'll be back here again. We're going to work on some guests. We have some things that we think are happening guest-wise that we're not confirmed yet. But you're going to want to be here in two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, we can't – last week we could say, hey, Jose's coming on in two weeks, but we can't do that yet. Um, but we're working on it. I swear we're to God, we're it. working on it. You're going to want to be here for that. We got an unofficial yes. We got a very good unofficial yes that you're going to be a part of. It's, uh, it's going to be the day before 4th of July. Do we want to make it July 10th instead? Uh, maybe. We might want to make it July 10th. Maybe. So either July 3rd or 10th, we're going to get a good podcast guest on. I swear. All right. Um, so USF Football released their jer- their 2019 jerseys uh, yesterday. I like them. They're cleaner than the 
the 2018 version, but we knew that going in that 2018 was going to be kind of stock because contracts didn't get signed. Shout out to USF and former athletic director. The jerseys are fine. I hope they wear more black. That's it. This is the same take I've had for literally 15 years. Yeah. The jerseys are fine. Wear more black. I don't care. I don't care what they look like. If the kids are happy, I'm happy. The black jerseys look the coolest. That's fine. Absolutely. Uh, and just from the, the press release, uh, the jerseys are lighter. It's the lightest weight jersey that Adidas has provided. USF is hey, going Nate, to be the only. White, you got a little white powder under your nose. Oh, you're snorting the company line from Adidas. Okay. Great. On. Seriously? That's fine. I mean, they got some good yayo. I don't know what to tell got, you. Hey, that, that Portland yayo. <laughs> telling you. Let's go. Uh, it's the lightest weight. It's USF will be the only team in the nation. We have a wearing. cop looking at us with like an, an annoyed look on his face. Hey, Gene, what's going on, buddy? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> no, white so, no white stuff from Gene. <laughs> if we had the white stuff, Gene would actually arrest us because he's allowed to do that. Although you've had a beer and you have a cigar in your hand. Are you allowed to arrest anybody right now? No. Okay. I, I will tell you right now, the music at the patio is fantastic. You got I, me I'm, lifted. I am Legit living through the mid-2000s right now. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's straight fantastic. Up, straight up in the ceiling. Ooh, we it's the ultimate feeling. Not taking got that out. lifted, feeling so gifted. Sugar, how you get so fly. Sugar, how you get so fly. Recently. Like your wedding, this sounds like your wedding mix, Dude, it was great, right? Your wedding mix the was wedding mix like was this, fantastic. Yeah, pretty good. A fire wedding mix. Can, can we talk about as the resident design uh, expert here? The road whites look way better than the green because you got the green shoulder pads, and, uh, the, the green shoulder, and also the horns and the numbers have that weird barb on it. So they uh, decided to go with the text, which I think actually really, really works. Absolutely. The green stripe down the pan actually looks good. Maybe it was just because Mitch was wearing it, and Mitch just. I mean, Mitch is a good-looking guy. I'm not gonna lie. I'm pissed he cut his hair, but other than that, that got weird. Um, by the way, I want to apologize to everybody who listens to this podcast for USF Twitter slowly getting involved because of whatever Vito said. Who gives a shit? It's a fucking jersey. Win games. I don't care what you look like. Win football games. I don't. If the players are happy, I'm happy. I don't give a shit. Yo, you I don't, have, they can wear fucking hot pink with fucking like blue. Every. I don't care. Win football games. It doesn't matter what you look like. All right. If the players are happy, I'm happy. Uh, we got a strong start to the weekend. Uh, Saturday, Sunday was big. Father's Day weekend. We got six commitments for the 20 strong, hashtag 20 strong. Yes. And, and we got our first four, first four star of the Charlie Strong era in uh, Ocala offensive tackle Miller, Merriweather Lewis. Fantastic. Almost you didn't just the, read that off your phone or anything. I, uh, man, I didn't want to mess up his name because it's an all-name team. All name I mean, team. it's not as good as Thor Josiak or uh, Brynjar Gunmanson, but yeah. it's up there. All right, Good. this guy he's gonna play. He's gonna play uh, tackle for USF. Left uh, tackle. He had offers from Auburn, LSU, Florida, and Michigan. Decided to come to USF. St- decided to stay local, and that's what USF's needed to do for twenty some odd years. Willie Taggart started it, and Charlie Strong let it go away. And then this year with the new staff, they've really honed in on the Bay. Made Bay State Bay played philosophy that Willie started. Before USF Twitter jumps all over your ass, we're talking in the post Jim Levitt era. Just throwing it out there. I'm covering. Who you. the hell was he so going to get mention- besides that? So your mentions don't blow up because if you don't say that, the trolls come from everywhere. Brother Jim Levitt was overrated. I said it on the pod. Here we go. Jim Levitt was overrated. You can guarantee a five and zero start, six and zero start, lose three straight, and finish eight and four. I'm afraid. To I agree. loved what you did for the program. I love that you started it. But if you're, if we're gonna tout, oh my God, you remember when we were number two in the nation, 2007? Do you remember what happened in October in 2007, and then again in 2008, and then again in 2009? Prior to him hitting Joe Miller, we got, we have to talk about. It. We can't gloss over those. Facts. Colin. First of all, Jim Levitt, fantastic. Hey, hey can I get some sunscreen G1. if you're going to spit this fire? I don't give a shit. He Look. was fantastic getting us to D1. He was fantastic getting us to number two for four days before choking it away at Rutgers. And sorry, Ryan, Amari Jackson pushed off. Whoa! Ladies and gentlemen, off. again, that is Bulls propulsion. That is Bulls Nation SBN on Twitter. I'm not agreeing or disagreeing because I'm terrified of what my mentions will look like if I do either. Listen. So go ahead. By the way, shout out to T-Pain live here from uh, the patio. 
Uh, buying you a drink. Shout Jeff Fishman for hooking us up again tonight. Shout out to the patio and patio, our, our guy Rick at the patio at hooked me. all of us up. We have, we had people out here. We, we had people. Times. We had great, great time out here. We've got some Canadians out here. Well, a Canadian, and a then Canadian. Colin. Shout out my fellow Canadian. Montreal, Montreal, which is where the men's basketball team is going this August for their once in four years trip. Uh, We can talk about that. All right, let's go. Nobody wants to listen. What? I mean, congrats on being a team without as a dual citizen. I was totally rooting for Golden State as a dual citizen. I'm not going to lie. Why would you say that? I totally was. I, I look. I love beautiful basketball, and if everybody wasn't hurt, they were the better team. I'm sorry. Fred Van Leet can't guard anybody on this fucking microphone right now. He can't play a lick of defense. Don't tell me that that is good basketball. I'm sorry. He can't play defense. Toronto and everybody's freaking out because he's not going to talking about. If you can't make open threes in the NBA, why are you there? Sorry. Sorry. If you're just chucking threes, why are you a team? But. Back to my point. Jim Levitt, overrated. Willie Taggart, best coach in USF history. Not close. Fight me about it. How about that 2016 recruiting class? But he wow. still won 10 games. <laughs> 75% of them are gone now, but that's okay. 75% of them are gone. All right, we got to go. Come on. We're, we we in the bed like, ooh, 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 let's go. Come on. Ooh. We need the Dave Chappelle wrap it up button. Yeah, we need to wrap it up. Wrap the it Dave up. Chappelle wrap uh, it up. Let's so go. I, th- I mean, I think that's it. I think I'm just oh, going to leave. Oh, that's all we had. I mean, I just wanted. To, I wanted to wrap it up. I want women's soccer schedule is ridiculous. Again, if you want to be the best, you got to schedule the best. You got to beat the best. So we're not going to do next week because we're going to do it in two weeks. We can't talk about who our guest is yet, but it's going to be good. Is there anything else we need to mention? Oh, I got something. I got something. So for the Georgia Tech game in Atlanta, so we're waiting for the Alumni Association to schedule their event for Friday night, the night before the game. But we are going to do an event the night after. We have a location picked out. I am not announcing this yet, but prepare to go to the Alumni Association event. When you leave there in Atlanta, you're going to come to our event. It's going to be very close. We're going to be within walking distance of each other. stone's throw, as my parents would say. stone's throw. We're going to have an event there. We're going to have a lot of people out there. And by the way, just so you know, bars in Atlanta close at 4 a.m. Okay. Game is at 2 p.m. the next day. You're going to be fine. You're good, bro. It's going to be. May hit up KOD. Who knows? KOD's in Miami. There's a King of Diamonds in Atlanta, bro. I don't think there is. I'm can pretty we, sure can, there is. Is there a King can, of Diamonds? Can, can, can we get fact checkers? Is there a King of Diamonds in Atlanta? No, King of Diamonds closed. Yeah, no, but it's a new downtown. one. It's V-Live Atlanta. Hey, but it was KOD. I, I'm sorry. I'm just going off the Juicy J verse of KOD, you can leave with me. I don't know what to tell you. I am here for, if we're going anywhere, like I am anti, I don't go to strip clubs anymore. I just don't. I've, I've been to one. I, I don't go anymore. Like I've lived in Tampa I'm too sure, long. I'm I stopped sure going to strip clubs like seven, eight years ago. I just like, nobody has fun. I don't have fun anymore. It's like, it's pointless. It's dumb. But if you're going to go in Atlanta, at least go to the Gold Or Although that's probably closed, too. Where Patrick Ewing got, like, the famous Patrick Ewing quote in his trial. Google it. I don't even want to say it on the air. But it's kind of amazing. During the, the Gold, Gold Club, Club trial. Atlanta trial? Yes. One, <laughs> okay. of the great, gotcha. one of the great events in NBA history. <laughs> Was this? <laughs> that's the thing. All right. Uh I appreciate everyone coming out to the Bluminati podcast live at the Patio Tampa. Shout out Jeff Fishman. Appreciate you putting this on. Uh, and be sure to check out uh, our Twitter feed at Stampede SBN, mine at Bulls Nathan SBN, Colin at Colin Sherwin. And uh, thanks to Jose. Thanks to Rick from the patio. Um, we're going to do this run. We're going to run this back either on the third or the 10th. I think we should. We've been telling people two weeks, but we should probably we do it probably three weeks. Three weeks. That, not going to be great. Because this, this next pool is going to be difficult because of uh, me. I'll be honest. And the mayor and the mayor is having a huge event on the 4th of July, which is, is going to run fireworks? all day. That's interesting. In five, do they do that? In five different locations. Do they set locations. off fireworks on 4th of July? Is that a thing? Can we not rip the new mayor? She's fantastic, by the way. She's great. You announced the fireworks show. Five different locations along the Riverwalk. Two and a half miles. On Can't the wait for the humidity in Tampa to just eat up all that smoke. Great. It's going to be lit. Awesome. Jane, Can't you're wait. awesome. All, all right, right, we're done. Go Bulls. Uh, go Bulls. Go Bulls.